have arrived. Your samples phenomenal. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. Every athlete nowadays, and and it's more present now than it was. Obviously, with like the Dion's and stuff of the past that did their own thing, the high stepping, the uniform, the Fab Five, you know, the diff- doing different shit with their uniforms, like changing everything up, be flashy. That's more prevalent now. So I don't get why one kid decided to be a dickhead on signing day, put on a hat, then tear it off, and then put on the hat he was really going to. And no one else comes up with anything else. They just all do that now. Yeah, it's it's like the biggest kick in the balls, too. Like, you're just fucking with, like, hundreds of thousands of people, too, for, like, n- no reason. Like, some schools, like, heavily recruited you. Like, all these coaches put all this time and money into this recruitment process. And you're just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to Oregon or wherever the fuck you're going. I'm going to Mississippi State. Really? Like, why? <laughs> Like, it's enough of a fuck you if you're Drake Bowen to just put on the Oregon hat without putting on the ND hat and ripping it off. Like, after doing PR stuff with Notre Dame for, like, the last year and a half and going out of your way to, you know, confirm your commitment just, like, every single week, it's enough of a kick in the balls to a program to just flip and be like, you know, I'm actually going to Oregon or I'm actually going to Oklahoma. You don't have to fucking, you know, it's not funny anymore. Like it's so played out. Yeah. And you got three stars doing it. Yeah. That's the worst part is some kid is like teetering on the top 300 in the country. And he's like throwing away a Mississippi state hat and putting on like a Vandy hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like just big leaguing like Kansas State for no reason, (laughs) (laughs) bro. Like the only people interested in this is the beat writer, the recruiters, and your family. Yeah, every you you just see like the report after you're like, oh okay, like this kid went here. Like no one unless no one's like tuning in live to like watch some three star commit. And if you, if you yeah. do, then I don't know. I don't know what, what's going on with you, but something's you, wrong. You have to work for the team if you're like streaming that. Yeah. But like, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's in the middle of the work day on a Wednesday. Some guys just like, Hey, I, I got to take an early lunch. This kid's committing. <laughs> like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, we had a lot of those and they come out every year. And I don't know. Somehow they keep ESPN loves actually eats that shit up so they just post every single one of them like every four star five star that does it they post teetering three to four stars that they post and there's got to be other things because if you think about it in the grand scheme of things for there's no other um sport or any like in the pros or wherever nobody else does that besides high school kids it's weird you know what i mean like there's no, there's no like NFL player that's like got, got like the bills and the bears and whoever in front of him and just like puts a hat on the only, the only pro athlete that's ever done it is LeBron uh, with his, with his little special on ESPN, but like other and he's the biggest athlete in the world. And it's like, you're comparing LeBron to like some kid in the middle of Oklahoma who's like got, got like this big press release. It's, it's, it's weird if you think about it, but 
I don't know. Yeah, I I just think I saw I so I saw a tweet from a Notre Dame beat guy that said, you know, that's fine, Bowen. Um, we don't want kids like you anyways. And part of me is like, you know, old man yells at cloud. But the other part of me is like, that's kind of true. I mean, you're completely self-absorbed and narcissistic if you're doing it. You know, like the school, Notre Dame has spent probably, you know, easily in the six figures in this recruitment. And you no longer, after claiming it for so long, have any, you know, emotional feel any emotional obligation or moral obligation to like stay true to your word and you're just gonna like you know fuck around and do that like yeah you're probably kind of a dickhead and you'll probably be the guy finished with saying this is before he flipped again which makes a lot of sense but he goes yeah we'll have have fun at oregon this year we'll see in the portal you know (laughs) next january yeah because that's I mean, the other thing is half these kids end up not finishing out their career at the school. They do this huge, you know, look at me. I just threw this hat down, stepped on it, and then put on a Mississippi State hat. And then you go to you end up playing at three schools anyway. Yeah, you want you wind up at like as like a reclamation project at Tulane or something. It's like former five star. There's all those like linebackers around the Mac. Like for, former four star, he, he couldn't cut his chops at Tennessee, so he wound up at Toledo. Now he's not. Now he looks good. It's either now yeah. with the portal, yeah, exactly. But, and then the next time anyone hears about you, it's like four years later, you make it off a practice squad somewhere and get a like a spot start in the Bears secondary. Yeah, it's yeah. I was just, I was gonna say the it Jags. never works out well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it never works out well for. I can't think of a kid that did it and has, you know, taken every level by storm after that. It's just so easy now, dude. It's it's not a four-year, five-year commitment anymore. Like, um, Hunter, number one player in the country, Jackson State, right? Goes with Dion. Then Dion dips and he dips. You didn't have to, like, do this whole shebang any for any time any reason at this point he's gone he's going to a new school you know there's no need for it it would be it would be interesting because there's obviously countless examples of kids who do it but you kind of mentioned it like i can't think of anybody off the top of my head like by name that's done it which means that like the kid didn't like turn into something you know what i mean like like, it, it, I, like i don't think derrick henry did that or like if I, I'd be surprised, I bet you there's, there's been a couple that have turned into like good players, but I, we, we need like a fact checker on that or something. I don't know. Yeah. All those kids, it's like Robert and Kim DJ had just, <laughs> you know, he was an old Miss guy. Like that's what it was, you know? And he was the number one player in the generational recruit. You kind of have your school and that's kind of what it seemed like Bowen was. And then, he decided last minute that, well, I guess it's unfair to say he just like he wouldn't have actually decided that last minute. Some some other people in his camp must have known, you know. But you just I think like, his girlfriend goes to Oklahoma or something. I think I saw. Yeah, it. 
You just so he's going for some it. tail. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I also saw. Um, speaking of tail, that Isaiah McKenzie decommitted from Notre Dame because some coach told him he couldn't have sex. That the guy who was on the build. Yeah. He was committed to. I didn't know that. Who, yeah, who's I, who's spread? What? <laughs> what what, I, what is I just this BYU? Saw Wow. Yeah, like that's not true. Yeah. I some uh, yeah. coach probably made a mention about it, you know, about staying in line and not, you know, just chasing tail all day. And probably took it out of context. He's like, oh fuck this. Hey, and then didn't he go to Baylor? Just went down to Baylor and just was an absolute deckhead and it just worked out for him. <laughs> now he just is a wide up for Josh Allen. But but yeah, the NFL season's winding down. Speaking of, speaking of Isaiah McKenzie, <laughs> and 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 the yeah, league that he plays in. <laughs> Isaiah um, McKenzie, great transition. But yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, so, what do you, do you got any thoughts on this week or anything upcoming? What are you thinking? Well, I I would venture to say that Saturday was a top five sporting day of the year. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, capped off with a nice little Dayton, Dayton win, Dayton cover in the UC. Always nice. Um, yeah, yeah. For for everybody who doesn't know, the Dayton played in the Legends Classic in Chicago this weekend, and we we were questioning why it was called the Legends Classic, considering some of the other participants in this in this little like shindig that they threw were like Towson, Northern Iowa. I mean, who else was there? George Mason, just just historically terrible programs, <laughs> just just gracing the floor of the Legends Classic of of the. I was saying it's like it's the house that Amzil built now after yeah. after the Dayton Wyoming game. But yeah, it was it was a good game. <laughs> great great to see a lot of the class of twenty twenty two walking walking the halls of the UC. Yeah, that's but, that's a good point though, Mart. Like, what what on your resume has to stick out for you to get? you know, pegged as a future participant of the Legends Classic. It it has to just be teams that are willing to do it. And it was weird on Saturday. There's a lot of neutral site games. Like UNC was playing in the garden. Alabama yeah. was playing in Alabama, but not at Alabama. They were playing in Birmingham against Gonzaga, which didn't make a lot of sense. Like why why would you bring down a team from 2,500 miles away in the Pacific Northwest to play at a neutral, quote-unquote, neutral site still in the state of the other team but not play it at in Tuscaloosa? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know what Wyoming or Towson or George Mason did to get the call from the, you know, the planning team at the UC, but... Um, it may Dayton makes a lot of sense because Dayton has such Chicago a play, massive, yeah. massive contingency of alumnus and current students. That yeah, every, are from around here. Every bar around the United Center pregame was just littered with just all UD sweatshirts. All the I like the businesses around there were like so confused. Like <laughs> we didn't think it was gonna be uh, what the hell's going on at the United Center tonight. We didn't think it was gonna be busy. Just fucking. Like, where's all the Towson in. people? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's yeah, the other like... thing that shows you that that it, how outrageous it is. Is all the bars 
every place of business in of next to the UC and including the UC is all Dayton. And there was four games. There's we saw, you know, a handful of Wyoming people, no Vandy people, no George Mason people, no NC State people. I didn't there was a game like 20 minutes after us. And I did not see like a single fan of either team like walking into the stadium or anything. Pretty yeah, it probably sounded like 2K practice. You know, where you're just well, you're oh, yeah. just hearing just, the squeak of the you're just yeah. hearing the squeak. They probably didn't even bring their bands with. But um yeah, yeah interesting we transition to the NFL and then finish up on the Legends Classic. But we can fully transition in the NFL. Um I guess it was kind of the transition into Saturday, which we saw a record day in the NFL with the largest comeback in NFL history. Obviously, the big, you know, piece of, you know, news that comes out of that in a historical sense. And the thing that will probably keep with this game is that it was Matt Ryan on the losing end, just because that's that's his persona at this point not that he's you know probably a top 20 quarterback of all time 25 25. yeah i don't know yeah how how far are we going to stretch out that bracket of (laughs) well to get matt ryan it's funny because i i like to shit on all these guys that are in the in the hall of fame old quarterbacks that were terrible you know joe may joe namath won a super bowl but had a negative touchdown to interception ratio by like and, by like 50 yeah it wasn't even close it wasn't particularly close and you know Bart <laughs> Starr and and why Tittle yeah all these guys <laughs> and I know the game I know the game wasn't as developed through the air but the the flip side of that is well if they thought you were going to run it and then you passed it you probably had a better chance of having someone open so maybe that actually makes them worse. But if Matt Ryan played at any other point in the NFL's history, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, that's one yeah. way to put it. Another way to put it is he was an MVP, made a Super Bowl. If he wins that game, you know, one thing doesn't go right for the Patriots. They win that game. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I would say, I don't, I mean, that was kind of the, he's similar case to like Stafford and Stafford got his last year, just guy who says unlimited stats, but just never could win those big, the big games. And I mean, it's not like Saturday was a big game, but it's just kind of his reputation. Uh, Just following him wherever the fuck he goes. Yeah. It's probably not fair, you know, to just kind of deduce he chokes games fully from his career, which is probably what's going to happen. Like that's our kids are only going to know Matt Ryan as the biggest choke artist of all time. If they know who Matt Ryan is. And obviously it came to Kirk cousins, who is another meme quarterback for a lot of people. So could they have done virtually anything to not blow a 33 point lead? Probably. Do you need legitimately everything to go your way to win the game? Yes. All they had to do was like get, get get a couple of first downs or like do anything. No, like I watched, I had the whole game on in the 
like I didn't watch after it got a little out of hand in the first half. Like I just went into like my other room and was just playing video games, but like just kind of like tuning in, checking updates because I had, I had money on it. And Jeff Saturday might have been the most it might have been the most passive play calling from like the second quarter on. It was like it'd be like third and like five, third and six, like very manageable. It just just like running like like right up the middle and just kicking field goals. Like they kicked like four straight field goals when they were in the red zone, like just could have buried. I mean, it seemed like they're already buried, but like bury them, bury them. And that, and that did piss me off because I had Pittman to score, which lost like a, a pretty, pretty large parlay. So screw Jeff Saturday because he didn't, he didn't want to score touchdowns, but yeah, I just, every, everything about that game is just pretty, it's, it's just terrible. Like if that's, that's the team you root for and that's like the coaching staff you're behind. And that's like the most pitiful, uh, like just the coaching I think I've ever seen. I, it, I mean, it, it has to be right. If it's the, the, the largest comeback ever, it's not like the Vikings were like beating the doors off them in the second half either. Like they had, I think they punted like twice, even I, I, I don't know. It's crazy. And what I, what I mean when I say every single thing has to go right is you can't execute a big play, a touchdown drive or anything or else you have zero chance of coming back and winning that game. And this is a big problem I have with kind of the subjectivity of referees in the NFL is all this shit happens. Biggest plays of the game, biggest highlight moments, whatever it is, right? And it gets called back because the whistle was blown dead. Non-reviewable play, right? But there is no way of actually deciding when the wish whistle should be blown dead. And this happened a couple times. The Vikings had a return touchdown that was blown touchdown, dead. Touchdown, yeah. But also, regardless, because they scored on after they got that ball back, Matt Ryan on that keeper on fourth down, which would have won the game, and it would have all been for not. The greatest comeback in history would have never happened they blow the they blow matt ryan dead on the sneak yeah and he falls forward a yard past the sticks and they just they can just pick and choose when they blow the whistle because sometimes guys won't even be close to their forward progress stopped and they won't or they'll blow it dead it's like well what 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 did you see on that play that made you say, okay, we're stopping this forward progress has been stopped, blow it dead. And other times they just let a guy get stopped and not go anywhere and wait five extra seconds to blow it dead. Well, that, that's what happened on Monday night football. When it, the Aaron Jones fumble, he was Jalen Ramsey had, or whoever had him stood up was, he was standing there for a good, maybe four seconds of just not moving. Yeah. It works both ways. Him. Yeah, and and then and then and they get it right. Finally, Ramsey sides. finally got the ball from him, and they called it a fumble. And everybody's like, "Wait, what?" Like everybody's and so eager to blow it dead, and then yeah, it's something like that can happen. So that could have easily not been blown. Could have the the ref could have waited another you know one one thousand blown the whistle. He gets the first down. Matt Ryan almost blew the biggest lead of all time. You know. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty impressive regardless of officiating 
to lose that game in that fashion, but it's still like you see it all the time, whether it's on Twitter, wherever you watch your sports is why is football so far behind technology wise and how the game is managed while, you know, football fans are tuning into the world cup and seeing how they have VAR and goal line technology and stuff. And it is a question that's worth asking. You know, it seems like there's a lot of things that could be done that would show you exactly what should have happened or how this should have been officiated and get to the bottom of it and get the call right. We saw a lot of terrible calls, including that touchdown for the Raiders. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. With, with all of these cameras everywhere and all this crazy technology and just to still have so much human error involved with like, exactly. with the sporting event where there's so much money involved too on, on, on the gambling side, on these guys' contract side, on incentives, on coaches, on organizations, there's careers. millions. Yeah, careers. There's millions, billions of dollars decided on these games. It's crazy. Where a ref can like decide a Super Bowl almost. Yeah, and because the ruling like this, on the field. <laughs> the second we put someone on the moon, we should have had technology that shows you when a ball crosses the goal line. You know, without a shred of a doubt when a ball touches out of bounds, when, you know, all these different things that it seems like, yeah, well, it's not that we lack the technology. It's that we just haven't chosen to integrate it. You know, like we have the technology to basically do whatever the fuck we want. And yet we have a chain, you know, that <laughs> doesn't even seem accurate because sometimes they'll bring the chain out and still get it wrong. I R- South Carolina, Michigan. a yard and a half off. Like when they're, 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 fi- every they're spot is wrong. yards behind the guy. Cause they're trying to run. There is, there is about a full yard and a half margin of error on any given spot. So it deems the chains virtually, you know, obsolete, even though that is still how it's measured, but you'll watch a second, a second and eight, six yard run. They're giving them four and a half. And, you know, you're not challenging that. You're not throwing a fight with the officials to get the spot right, you know, in the second quarter on whether it's a second and four or a second and two and a half. But you watch it live and you're, no, that's not even really close to where he was down, you know, and it just happens every single play. And I get it's a difficult game to officiate. They, they really all are, but it just it seems to rear its ugly head way too much and i think i think people get turned off by frankly turned off by the sport itself a lot especially say if you're a diehard fan of one team yeah you could let that ruin your day or ruin you know your perception of that season but maybe you're not tuning into the monday night game where it's dolphins jags because you just can't stand how you just can't stand the officials and you know, it just pisses you off. So I don't know. Something's got to give at some point, like there's nothing more that can be said by us, you know, the fans that will like change their mind. I mean, the officials have been getting, they get shredded day in and day out and they don't change anything. So I don't know what the next step is. 
I mean, I'm guessing the players association bitches the same way. So Raiders won a game, probably shouldn't have won. Colts could have easily won a game that they ended up losing and it's and, gonna and go said they're the written in the loss. history books. <laughs> exactly. in the history book. Because you and never so I, know what the trickle down is gonna be until after the fact, right? Yeah. Well, you didn't technically you didn't that, know that not blowing that dad at one point in the game was gonna cement Matt Ryan as the biggest choke artist in North American sports history, but it did. It's the butterfly effect, yeah. Because if the Raiders don't tie that game, then the Patriots don't have arguably like the worst play in NFL history. That's also right going to be immortalized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going like, down in the history books too. And ruined a career. You know? Who? Jacoby Myers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, he, I know. It's... He, will nev- he will never live that down. Matt Ryan will never live that down. And anyone that was there they'll probably put something of chandler jones in the hall of fame like probably yesterday they did for it's like dumbest play of all time (laughs) well they'll probably put like the glove that he stiff armed mac jones with or something that's how they usually do it but But, it was an unbelievable saturday um not much to report on that browns ravens game it was a sleeper except justin tucker missed which yeah, I really it's I something to report, game, honestly. honestly. Yeah, I didn't yeah, that was we it. were deep in it. We were already in Dayton, Wyoming mode. And then um what was the last game of Saturday night? Dolphins Bills. It, yeah, you're right. And I, I I caught trickles of that. I mean, it was obviously a great game, but yeah, just that that could be and all these AFC teams are just can beat anybody in any day. I feel like the AFC is far and away stronger than the NFC this year. And I think when playoff time comes around, it's just going to be that much better football. Like, and I said this last year when we were in the middle of Cincinnati, when they, the Bengals missed out on that fourth down and lost the Super Bowl. I'm like, dude, this was their chance. Like just you're having to run through that gaunt. Like I understand guys like Brady and, Stuff have won and Mahomes have have done it before, but that's once in a generation type teams and guys. Where the fact that some of these teams are going to have to do it year in and year out, just going through, it's like, all right, we made the playoffs, wild card round. We just get Justin Herbert like in the wild card round, followed by Josh Allen, followed by Patrick Mahomes, and that's your route to a Super Bowl. Like, really, it's crazy. I think that's the really shit part is the quarterback talent that might not, the team might not, you know, give you shivers, but having to take down, you know, a Justin Herbert that's playing, that is capable of, you know, playing as good as any quarterback ever on a given Sunday could just, you know, could just end your, end your season, a dream season of yours. We've seen it happen to virtually every quarterback and, yeah. Frankly, though those are the games you want to avoid the most, but there's just more of those guys in the AFC. Even with Trevor Lawrence playing the way he is right now and has these has guys like Zay Jones playing at a all-world level, as funny as that sounds coming out of my mouth. Like 
you have to get through a Jags team that is hungry as fuck because they've been the laughing stock of the league, and you get them on a wild in a wild card round while you have the number one pick, a generational talent, in Trevor Lawrence playing like he he's just getting, always, he's literally getting better and better every week, every snap he's getting better, and you catch him on a day where he's confident because he's been playing very well and the defense is standing on their head. Yeah, like it's like sorry Joe Burrow, you can beat anyone but the Trevor Lawrence, the Justin Herbert, the Pat Mahomes, they can always just, you know, throw a fucking gem and beat you. Yeah. And there's just less of that in the NFC right now, especially with the Packers down. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the both both Souths in in both um leagues are, are shit this year. But abs- not now that uh, Ryan Tannehill is out for the year, I I absolutely think this this Jags team can sneak in. They're playing tonight. Later, I actually bet Trevor Lawrence head to head against Zach Wilson in a prop for him to have minus or minus a half more passing touchdowns. So we'll see. That was this plus plus one forty. We'll see after this releases if I'm uh, proved right. But yeah, just in general, I mean, what you go to the NFC. So the whole NFC South, it's it's forty five year old Tom Brady, and then change bunch of bunch of trash, and then so what you go out west, it's Purdy now not even, and but even before it's Jimmy G, but that's that's a system team we'll say just a lot of talent. Sure, who else yeah. is out west? I, Stafford's gone. It's Geno is having his best season, but it's still Geno. We've seen him for ten years, so who knows? Like. Count that. Then you go to the East, which is great. A lot, a lot of solid just teams. But you're going Heineke, Daniel Jones, Dak, who's thrown 20 picks this year. It's it's crazy. Uh, but I, I we're forgetting the juggernaut Eagles and what's his fate? Hurts is MVP type, but now he's hurt. Is is that going to affect his playoffs? It's a team like San Francisco has got to be licking their chops. I think. Oh, but 100%. I agree. That, yeah, the. The quarterback disparity is is crazy, and I kind of feel bad for some of those NFC teams and fan base or AFC teams. I mean, but I, every every year is is different, so who knows? Everything changes. It's the NFL. I but. do like, though. I mean, we've said it ad nauseum on this podcast: the Bears um, Super Bowl win that comes early in the season. Niners yeah. at first, I think when we initially brought this up being you know the Bucks and Bengals of the last two years respectively having beaten a Super Bowl participant team of destiny if you will I think we weren't even considering the Niners with Trey Lance because Trey Lance looked like he wasn't going to be great the Niners in general obviously they added McCaff which is huge and he will make an impact anywhere he goes and has but I think I wrote them off at first, but dude, they look fantastic. And they just, every section, every facet of the game, you look at their personnel and they have some one or some of the best position players at that given position in the, in the entire league. Yeah, absolutely. Every position position for position, there might not be a stronger team across the board, whether it's, O-line, tight end, running back, receiver. And another thing real quick was 
Dude, I thought Debo Samuel two weeks ago broke his ankle and tore his ACL. It was such a gruesome injury. And I made a joke. Obviously, we know that Debo is tough as nails and plays way bigger than he is and is just a specimen. I made a joke that they'll just, you know, oh, high ankle sprain. Watching it live, most normal humans probably 18 months until you're like, okay, not playing shape, but okay. High ankle sprain. He'll be back for the playoffs. You know, it was unbelievable. So assuming he's back and good to go, dude, it doesn't matter who you are, even if you're the Eagles who've gotten all world performance from Jalen Hurts all season. And I think the Eagles in the NFC are probably just second to the Niners, you know, position by position, because I think they're fantastic. Even though I did see someone talking about the Eagles having the best running game. Um, yeah, with Jalen Hurts, he makes any running game good. But, dude, if you're fe- fearing Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders, you probably shouldn't be getting off the boss. But Boston Scott is going to go off for like four touchdowns in a playoff game. Yeah, like I'm not fearing their running game. Yeah, you have to make it a focal point to keep Jalen Hurts contained like i mean that's the way of the league now you basically have to do that any team you're playing unless it's the colts or something but yeah i think the niners have a very good shot of going back to the super bowl and they're just they're just an unbelievable team like year in and year out they give you more than you bargain for the down the stretch every single year with with just guys Yes, all pro type guys, but you don't have the quarterback like we were talking about in the AFC ever. And guys like to shit on Jimmy G and now it's Brock Purdy and Brock's getting his you know credit where it's due because, you know, Mr. Relevant, it's a cool story, comes out and balls a little bit, but he's doing the exact same thing Jimmy G did. Yeah. And it works and it works because everyone does their job and you just have the talent around the ball. So. Any team, unless you're, I don't know, a Chiefs fan that have seen them win the division, you know, every year since you were fucking 15, would die to have what the Niners have had, you know, where you're not going into the season as a favorite to win the Super Bowl. But as soon as you start getting into that last quarter of the season, you're really believing that you can, you know, go get back there, go get back to the last game of the season. Yeah, they also have the variable that we're not considering, and they lost to the Bears, so they're they they, they got a leg up on every other team going into the playoffs. Eagles fucked up, dude. The Eagles fucked up and beat us. They should have never done that. Yep, they they, they, never done they that. just wrote they just wrote their own destiny. I wish we would have put our money where our mouth was though, and actually took the Niners after Week One because I know we were talking about it that one right after, and I bet you the odds were probably. Very solid. I don't know what they were, maybe plus 1,500 or something. Especially because they didn't really – they were pretty unsure at the quarterback position. Yeah. After week one, which never bodes well. He broke his ankle and that was that. When this first kind of came to our attention last year, um, when the Bengals started looking scary, I remember us talking about parlaying um, the Bengals and – we had beaten some other team, but basically parlaying both those teams to meet in the Super Bowl. Who was it? We beat someone in the NFC last year, but 
whoever it was, know. we, yes, we far too often don't put our money where our mouth is. Well, and then well, it, the first year it started was our junior year when we, we beat Tom Brady for no reason when he didn't know what down it was. Yeah. And then we, we won that game and then the T- Tampa won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and that Tampa team was a juggernaut. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the Niners are scary. It's lesson learned what we're going to start putting our money where our mouth is. These, these stories also write themselves. I mean, Tom Brady became Tom Brady in the perception of Tom Brady because of the, you know, 199, the Brady six being overlooked all and who better to represent that kind of you know agenda than mr irrelevant brock purdy yeah it doesn't he's about as as uh storyline as it gets you know what i mean you can't there's nobody after him (laughs) unless unless you're undrafted i guess that's that's the only the only difference which it's funny you actually get more respect undrafted because you're like yeah. wow you probably didn't play on some you know power five team but you always had the talent you know guys give you way more credit. i wonder i wonder how i don't know obviously in the later rounds how the the money stuff works with the draft picks but like a team that was like buying for an undrafted guy i wonder if they get more money than mr irrelevant i don't know how it works but i bet you that's probably the case if 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 we had somebody to fact check that, that'd be the sign nice, like but... signing. Yeah, you know what I mean because because they're a free agent, you know other teams can get them too. So you got to pony up a little more to get X guy. Whoever you know what I mean. I don't know. Well, I, I wonder. If I that... think that it might actually be interesting to consider that a team that has keyed in on a guy that is probably under the impression that other teams might have overlooked them or they're not, he's not even on their radar to purposefully not draft them, spend a draft pick on them and sign them undrafted cheaper, you know, than whatever money goes to you for getting taken, taken in the draft. So you're like, I don't know. um, Sanborn. Yeah. Like a Jack Sanborn or a, a, what was his name? Um, Lindsay, when he was an all pro yeah. undrafted, yeah. like you're keying in on him and you're well, no one else, you know, is high on this guy, whatever. Maybe we'll save the $2 million, whatever you get in the sixth round, sign him for dick cheap because we think he could actually, you know, make a splash and they do. And they obviously don't last long, um, after that, if you're a running back, but I don't know. You know they have so many guys dedicated to this, though, at their job for all the yeah, front offices. In these front just, offices, yeah. Just penny pinching, you know, guys near the end of their 53-man. For sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a business. <laughs> but I did I did want to ask, I know we talked about it a little before the show, um, saw a lot of uh, Twitter debates this last week. Um, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Assuming both free agents, you just get to pick, you have to pick one to go forward with on your team. Who are you taking right um, now? Hmm. I honestly feel to be your quarterback for the next 10 years. 
fields because I think his his ceiling is MVP. I think Lawrence. I'm trying to think what Lawrence's ceiling would be. I guess. I guess Burrow. I don't know. I maybe touch below like, Burrow. Who's the comp? I think the easiest way to do this is think, think of, of the comp for each. I mean. The it's it's weird making a comp of someone that's in a such a similar stage of their career, but Jay, Justin Fields right now, and this has been the hope of Bears fans, and this has a lot to do with the last you know three months is can he be Jalen Hurts? Because we've seen what Jalen Hurts was able to do this year in this kind of transition year where he still had doubters still had people maybe not thinking he was the guy going forward. And yeah, like you said, Justin Fields ceiling MVP, Jalen Hurts is probably on his way to an MVP. We're very close to it. So if you're putting that comp together, you're saying that Justin Fields could potentially win an MVP, you know? Yeah. And that's a good, I mean, if Hurts wins the MVP, I know he's banged up now, so we'll see. That's a little different. It's a whole other thing, but Andrew Luck maybe. for yeah, Lawrence for maybe, yeah, that's that's a solid one. But he was MVP would, Hertz, caliber. Hertz has played well enough to be an MVP. But honestly, some of the things Fields does, I think he's like even more talented than Jalen Hurts. Like he's faster than Hurts. I think he might even be bigger than Hurts. And I think he has way more natural arm talent. Where I feel I just is just from from me watching. So if that. If that's the case, like that's, you know what I mean? That's almost like all time great type, which is, it's hard to say because he's obviously shown a lot of flaws. Like he's still a, very much a project. And, but he's also shown the flashes where you can't like not, like, or you, I guess you can argue it, but it's, it still is in the conversation, something like being that, that good. Whereas I feel like Lawrence is, is going to be a guy who's always, was always solid i don't know yeah andrew locker just shy of like i guess burrow's always just shy of being the mvp too all these guys careers are so short though it's hard now that all the old guys are aging out but i I bet burrow probably gets one yeah um didn't drew Brees got one right yeah yeah so I, i i i mean drew Brees was kind of the anomaly of everyone because he was always I mean uh, yeah the last 15 years of quarterbacks have been just head and shoulders better than any other quarterback class generation ever so you know Tom Brady's out here winning every Super Bowl Brett Favre coming to the end Aaron Rodgers Rivers whatever Philip Rivers but Drew Brees always was kind of he was never the best quarterback in the NFL, even though he had seasons where he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, Saints were going like 14 and 2. Most completions, most touchdowns, whatever, because every time he had an unbelievable year, Aaron Rodgers went like 45 and 3 on touchdown interception. Or, you know, someone had that crazy year, and Burrow obviously plays side by side with Pat Mahomes, who is an enigma you know no one really understands him or that offense so Patrick Mahomes is 
the odds on favorite going into he'll probably be the odds on favorite to win the MVP barring massive changes for the next five years, at least, you know, he's yeah. the easiest bet. Um, See, I think this is an interest. It's interesting for me because Trevor Lawrence has been playing great, but I'm a still a big doubter of his leadership abilities and his, his ability to kind of, you know, when the chips are down to kind of, you know, rally guys and i don't know if you've ever seen some of his pregame speeches yeah, it's just the most sad sack like yeah let's like go, I guys he's definitely Come not on. a leader of men and i i guess you don't really have to be because i don't think aaron Rodgers. i don't think aaron Rodgers really ever has been you know and he's one i think three. It, yeah for sure like you're, he doesn't I strike guess, me as the guy that's I guess like you're he's not getting by, in your face yeah you're just a leader by being like amazing you know what i mean yeah just by doing whatever i think that uh, so i still have doubts about trevor lawrence and recency bias is king in sports so the last what month trevor lawrence has like whatever the best numbers in the league so now we're having this conversation but i think i have way more doubts about justin fields you know you have the obvious ones that arise especially with fans is it sustainable that's sustainable always being the big word and i'm like well it probably should be i mean at every level he's played at he's had to tuck it and run yeah these guys are bigger and faster but he will get smarter or you know whatever whatever it is he'll he'll take better hits and i did see a a kind of counter to that point which is josh allen it's like that they've just been saying that for five years now about Josh Allen. Like it's and not sustainable. And he just fly around. He just continues to just jump over linebackers and then get smoked by a safety on his way down and just jump right back up and then throw and a just, strike. Just get up and like chirp him. <laughs> yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Like every time. So clearly it's sustainable for some people. Right. And he does he does scare me because he's one of those guys that just loves to look just ginger on the field yeah he all does. times he likes to For let sure. the cameras know that he just took a hit yeah you know that's definitely. a quality that guys have where guys if they fuck up they like to you know maybe show that they could have an injury and that's the reason why they drop the ball or you know Shit like that. Or if you're having a great game, we talked about this with Caleb Williams and all these guys, like you add the limp in for dramatic effect where it makes what you're doing look more impressive. I think Joseph Mm -hmm. Fields has a little bit of that in him, and I don't think it's completely terrible. I can't say that I've never done it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I, I would probably say for the short term, Trevor Lawrence, I guess this is kind of the easy way out because he's playing better in the short term overall, but I'd say Trevor Lawrence probably has a better career, but I agree with you that Justin Fields might have the chops to put up, you know, a random, you know, 2026 MVP season where the Bears go 12 and fo- 12 and five and win the division, you know, shit like yeah. that. I think that's, I yeah. think that could be in the cards, but I'd say, Right now, I'm leaning Trevor Lawrence because, I, dude, I just I can't get over. And he has gotten better. 
he's grown because at the beginning of the season, I get when you don't have time and the pockets collapsing, whatever it may be that you're, you can't judge accurately what a quarterback is, but when it was open and when he did have a pocket, he was either leaving it way too quick, not feeling about the pocket. Yeah, not feeling. Yeah, Fields the is like the worst quarterback of all time in the first month. Yeah, and he, <laughs> dude, it just, he, I was like, well, you had good lines at Ohio State, and it seemed like you were great sticking in the pocket and then, you know, hanging in, taking the hit, but making the throw. And I didn't remember seeing that once. And he's getting more comfortable, but a lot of the throws he's finally starting to make are on the run. And if we're talking about sustainability, not with injury, but just sustaining yourself in the league, you're going to have to be able to, you know, throw some strikes for, you know, on third and long in the pocket. Trevor Lawrence has been doing that. And that's where a lot of his bread and butter and his numbers have been coming from is kind of hanging in and throwing strikes, strikes that he wasn't confident enough to throw a year and a half ago or last year, you know? Yeah, I agree. It all goes into, I mean, that's the all development too. these guys have both clearly leaps and bounds better from when they started, which football is a very hands-on sport where you do get better by every game you play practice, but only goes so far. You need live contact. You need live reps against somebody who's trying to kill you. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's trial by fire. A lot of the times in football where, and a lot of these quarterbacks I, that are just in awful situations that have talent, obviously, that get taken high, but they just flame out and just can't cut their chops. They never react differently, or you just keep seeing the same mistakes game after game after game after game. Where it, That's why, as a Bears fan and as a Jags fan, you should be encouraged that you're seeing these guys develop like right before your eyes, I feel like where they're, you're seeing different plays, you're seeing different throws. It's, I don't know, it's encouraging, even though the, the like, and Field is doing this all with a skeleton of a team that's probably the worst in the NFL. So it, he's been impressed. Personnel-wise, 100%. And it's crazy because, I mean, Lawrence was that, that guy coming out of, high, and high school and college, they were both 1-2 always, just right next Together, to each other. Yeah both lit it up in college too. And then for some reason, just the, the Mel Kuypers who think they're geniuses just overthink everything. And all of a sudden Zach Wilson and Trey Lance just creep up the draft boards for really no reason. It's not like fields did anything to prove like that. He couldn't do it at the next level. You know what I mean? That's the big thing. That's the big flaw in it is, is it's not someone doing something to set themselves back. It's someone doing something that's normally, in retrospect, a fluke. Like Zach Wilson, that one throw he made on pro day, day, 55 yards across his body down the seam, that will just put them over the top above guys that have proven it at the highest level up to that point just every single week, you know? Taking taking Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, it's the same mentality. It's the same mindset, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's obviously Trubisky is Zach Wilson. Obviously, there's you know new factors with with Deshaun Watson yeah, that have yeah, arisen, I'm, but that doesn't that doesn't change anything about it because 
I if, I know Marty as a Bears fan. You remember that time for us for for Bears fans with a top pick when we got our pick like set at three. Everyone was juiced because we were going to get Deshaun Watson. It was like a sure thing because Deshaun Watson had just put together one of the most impressive college careers. He just put together one of the most impressive national championship performances in history, getting tuned up. Just talk about someone that fucking sticks in the pocket. You know, maybe no one no one better or no one more renowned for it than Deshaun getting absolutely smoked by five stars on Bama all game hit to the head smoke and just leads a comeback Hunter Renfro natty right like the ultimate competitor the ultimate just gamer and then you go get to Trubisky because he did some cool shit at pro day after the half these guys didn't even have him on their radar going into you know going into pro days and throughout the course of the college season it's like well college football is good because there's nothing else close to the level of play in the nfl in baseball you have kids that get drafted out of high school you have kids coming in from the dominican from mexico from japan japan and they are all playing in leagues yeah they're not the same as the mlb but they're very high level in basketball. You bring in kids from fucking Croatia, you bring kids from Spain, from Australia who clearly have and have proven that those leagues are very competitive and can show you truly that a person that dominates in them can dominate in the top league in the world. Football. The only thing you have is college football. So if you did it in college, there's a pretty good chance you can do it in the pros, you know, obviously a lot of guys don't. And there's a lot of guys that might not have been on the radar being at a Clemson or being at a Notre Dame or being at a Bama that go on and have great careers. But dude, the sample size doesn't have to be as big as they make it, you know, make the sample size. their fucking senior year at Clemson when they were unbelievable. And you just saw the eye test. They passed it. They were tough. They hang in the pocket and make throws. They know how to navigate the pocket and make throws. They can make a lot of different throws. They don't have to make every throw on the field. And this is the reason why Will Levis is already blowing up my feed with throws he's making at some workout while I was watching him throw fucking ducks against Georgia. But he's having this and people are like, Oh, where's Will Levis going to go in the draft after showing him in fucking shorts and a fucking crop top under armor in some fucking field house. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to like, I, I, I don't know if there's a way to quantify this, but yes, Mitch Trubisky masterclass on why that's a fucking terrible idea. Zach Wilson played 11 games in college he was not ready to go week in and week out and play against the best athletes in the world a lot of these guys played you know 50 games against the best players that they could possibly be playing against the guys that they will be playing against at the next level 
take that fucking camp that he's throwing in after the season when he's not in a big bowl game, i.e. Will Levis, with a grain of salt. And maybe you should be valuing a performance against Alabama a little higher than a throw he made with no defense across his body that looked sick. Yeah, those are all good points. I agree. So so then you have guys going above Justin Fields and obviously no one went above uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's Well, the same thing. How about these guys one, sneak one, up one without doing example. anything? How about fucking Lamar going 32 overall and guys like Josh Rosen, like Sam Darnold, all these like Sam Darnold left early, Josh Rosen left early, all these guys that were that really hadn't done much in college, but just had like big arms, <laughs> just getting taken. I had a, it's crazy. I don't know. It's yeah, every, every like everybody just overthinks it, that, which is why franchises stay poverty for so long. Yeah, it's literally like in the music industry when someone gets famous real quick, and you start seeing them everywhere. You're like, wait, how? how did this guy get so big? Like it's pretty, you know, cross the board that he's not very talented. You know, he's not that good a rapper. He's not that big of a star. And yet they get so big because of, you know, the fucking tats they have, i.e. Takashi, like shit like that. And you're like, wait, how did, how did that happen? That's kind of the thing. It was like, in retrospect, how the fuck did Mitch Trubisky get traded up for to go second overall when Deshaun Watson just put Patrick on Mahomes. just performance? And yeah, but when the two of them were just doing some of the most incredible things that college football had ever seen, you know, I don't it it's it's it will never go away because people like shiny things. Well, also and Mitch and like Zach Wilson were those shiny jobs. things. Yeah. It's the same guys every year that do it. And it's Mel Kuyper and his, his little ga- gaggle of cronies that he's got with them evaluating the draft that just fall in love with these guys for no reason. But, and there's yeah, no rhyme a- or reason. And you'd think, like, we're talking about, you know, having guys with a great business sense and a great financial sense, you know, cutting, cutting dimes and on, on, you know, throwing nickels around like manhole covers to fill out their 53 man. Yet you have some pudwack deciding on giving a $25 million signing bonus to some guy that played 11 games in college. You know, like where's the disconnect there between your valuation of players? Like maybe you should keep the same energy with your top draft picks as you do with the guys going in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds and the guys you're deciding to pick up in free agency. Because guys, a lot of guys like Mitch would have gone in the fifth round that have not played against elite defenses in college, not exactly had a career that put them on the radar of non-UNC fans. And I... Dude, it's it's nauseating. Like Trevor Lawrence, easy, right? Number one recruit in the country goes to the number one team in the country, has a fantastic like career. The number one recruit in the country, right? There was is it literally Andrew Luck? Yeah, Andrew Luck wasn't winning titles, but 
it was clear that he was the best quarterback the in the boy. country while he was there. He was a golden boy. And and then guys, literally, they spend hours and hours and days and millions of dollars, you know, covering these guys, studying these guys, recruiting these guys, just to flip last second because of a throw they saw at Pro Day by Will Levis. And then they're willing to like spend three years, four years, really four years before like the fifth year option on Will Levis being the answer bears did it we had a fluke 12 and 4 season because our defense stood on their heads but it set us back a very very long time because if we have deshaun watson in 2018 there's a decent chance we're playing in the super bowl yeah we're not talking about a missed kick by cody parkey we're playing the eagles if deshaun watson's playing and not that mitch played terribly that game because he didn't but we would have had the one seed. A lot of things. I was, I, I, I always sound like a hack. You always sound like a hack when you're the, you know, talking about your team like that. But C- Captain Hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when it's about your hometown team. But we'll see. I mean, Will Levis is climbing draft boards as we speak for fucking jerking off and making some like cool looking throws. So whatever. Yeah, he'll. What if Will Levis just goes down as the greatest player like to ever walk walk the field? I'll I'll admit like, it, dude. I'll have no yeah. problem admitting if he's the greatest quarterback. If if Will Levis is the greatest quarterback of all time when it's all said and done, dude, I will have no problem fucking saying that till I'm blue in the fucking purple in the face, dude. But he but it it's it's less about Will Levis and more about the teams that are, you know, fucking waxing their fucking Johnsons about him. It, yeah. After after his career is over at Kentucky, like whatever. Yeah, we'll so we'll see how these um the rest of the NFL's winding down. We're in that little like getting towards the end, but not like these playoff bursts have not been really locked in yet. So a lot a lot of still play for and yeah we'll uh we'll see. We'll get the we'll get the trio back for uh for the um college football playoff we'll breakdown next week. Yeah. Um but yeah, good luck to everyone that's playing in their fantasy championships. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the semis. Playoffs. It's five $500 win in our Dayton league, so I'm I got to be got to be Jake Meyer. Gotta yeah, I was it uh It's funny because I trotted out Kenneth Gainwell and um Travis Homer as my running backs in a game that was winning into the playoffs. Ended up, I was for context. I was playing the the juggernaut of our league, and um, I was actually advised by my opponent himself to start Boston Scott over Kenneth Gainwell if I was going to start one of them. And he said Boston Scott always scores against the Giants, which he did at garbage time. Shout out Kevin for that. Um, did not follow up Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. Had zero Boston rushes, Scott zero has like yards. 10, ten touchdowns in his career, and like seven of them against New York. Yeah, uh, Kenneth Gainwell had zero rushing yards, one catch for zero yards, solid one nice. point. Um, nice. Was kind of out of the loop, and it's my secondary league, but I still should have, you know, given more advice to it. And didn't start J.K. Dobbins, didn't start Pats D, and didn't start DPJ, which. 
I, I don't know what's wrong with me at this point. I need to start DPJ and make DPJ a way bigger part of my life because he means that much to me. But I think I put up like 49 points. And I think if I started season DP, low, I think I if I started DPJ, JK Dobbins and Pat's D, I actually would have won. So that always sucks knowing that, you know, the team was there. Yeah. That it sucks just, way worse than just you. losing, you know, but whatever, whatever. Uh, 500 in both leagues. I actually had the exact same in my two leagues. Every week I won, I won in both leagues. And every week I lost, I lost in both leagues. And I was 500 in both. So, damn. About as mediocre and as consistent as possible, but hey, I'm fine with I'm fine with the eight and seven season coming off a championship. Um, but good luck to everyone playing in theirs. College football playoff is quickly, quickly getting on us, and uh, a lot of yeah, money we'll be, on the line in these upcoming weeks. Yeah, um, spend your bonuses, spend your Christmas bonuses responsibly, responsibly on DraftKings right. and FanDuel. Yeah, maybe throw in the maybe take our advice, put your money where our mouth is and take the Niners to win it all. Why not? Who says no? We'll be back next week. See ya. Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking.